The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are thinking not as God does, but as humans do. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to become my follower, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit anyone to gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will anyone give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each according to their work. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 The long weekends are always great. I've never especially liked Labor Day weekend. Maybe there's some parents celebrating, or teachers eager to get back to using their skills. I've heard excitement from some of our younger members ready to get back to school. But for me today, this weekend is the beginning of the end of my favorite season. When I was young, this weekend indicated the start of another school year, and I didn't especially enjoy school. After giving me one of those tests designed to help young people determine what to do with the rest of their lives, guidance counselors encouraged me to enroll in college, get some trade, and bring a quick end to the formal education chapter of my life. I didn't go to a Catholic high school, so my advisors didn't give the idea of discerning God's will much consideration. Prayer and uh, other experiences in life led me instead uh, not to a two-year college program, but to eight more years of learning at a desk. Sometimes faith calls us to do things we would rather not do, or even to painful sacrifices. Maybe this is a reason why the prophet Jeremiah, who we heard from in the first reading today, is one of my favorite prophets, because he does a great job at expressing what it's like when faith leads someone to accept a mission they don't at all want. Now, to be clear, I'm very happy to be your pastor. 
You're a wonderful community to be part of. There are so many great people here, and I find the blessings we bring to the world, along with the opportunities that come with the growth of Clarington, to be exciting. I can't compare my life to that of Jeremiah. I live much more comfortably than he, and I don't face the threats that he faced. But as Jeremiah's life would be different had he not been guided by his faith, I'm sure mine would be different too had I not been guided by my own faith. Inspired by God, Jeremiah spoke out against the unfaithfulness of the leaders of the time. He prophesied that without change, God would eventually allow the Babylonians to invade the kingdom of God's chosen people. And when the Babylonians had Jerusalem surrounded, the prophet encouraged surrender. No one wanted to hear what he had to say, but the prophet couldn't simply be ignored or dismissed because of some miracles, some signs that accompanied his message. Common sense may have suggested that he stop following God to look out for himself. But his love for the Lord, his faith, led him to proclaim a message that led to mockery, imprisonment, beatings, and exile. Lamenting on the great pains he endured when following God's will, Jeremiah complained, O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. In the translation used in the States, the prophet's words are recorded as, You duped me, O Lord. In the Bible, many of us received in grade school, Jeremiah's words are translated as, Lord, you have deceived me. Deceived, duped, enticed. This is how Jeremiah felt. He was proclaiming God's word to God's chosen people. He should have been received with great enthusiasm and joy. How wonderful it was that God still spoke to his people. But instead, his life was threatened in every way. In the gospel we just heard, Peter rebuked Jesus for revealing how his mission would lead to the cross. It's easy to imagine Peter's reaction. In the same conversation, Jesus had established the church and proclaimed that even the powers of hell would not prevail against it. Forgetting what we know about the resurrection for a moment, it's easy to imagine any disciple wondering how the cross could ever fit into the plans for a triumphant church and kingdom. Now, Peter knew how Jeremiah and the prophets faced great hardships, and maybe he was hoping things would be different with Jesus. After all, if there was no way for Jesus to escape the cross, how could the disciples hope to escape? No, for those who share God's word, for saints, prophets, and disciples, the cross is always there. And we don't have to look far to find this to be true. Try bringing up chaste love at the dinner table. Try silently standing for the sanctity of life at Life Chain in October. Try reminding a Catholic about the precept to make a confession at least once a year, and you'll get a tiny taste of the cross prophets and saints have carried. 
We don't wish to fall into doom and gloom, though. We know God's word is a difficult message to proclaim, and history as well as personal experience uncovers how heavy that cross can be. But we know God's word is life-giving. Your steadfast love is better than life. This line from today's psalm can be a kind of mantra for those who share in carrying the cross of our Lord. The world can promise many things, a comfortable life, all kinds of pleasures and entertainment to fill time and distract, challenges that urge growth, even a kind of love, though very limited. The bank love, so long as there's dollars in the account, politicians love as long as there's votes to be won over, even the love of the closest of friends can be quickly tested by simple misunderstandings. No, true, steadfast, unconditional love can be found in only one place, and we come here to receive his love and to proclaim that his steadfast love is better than life. As disciples and prophets today, we can expect to share in the cross of Jesus whenever we authentically share his good news, and when that happens, we come here. When we're mocked for our faith, we come here. When our faith is tested or despair threatens hope, we come here. When we feel as though God has enticed, duped, or deceived us, we come here to be reminded and to proclaim how God's steadfast love is better than life. God of all, your steadfast love is better than life. Whenever we feel weak, when the cross of discipleship fills us with fear, send your Holy Spirit to draw us to your presence, and through your Son, teach us to depend on you. May we never run from your cross, but see it always as the source of life. In the name of our Lord, we make this prayer. Amen.